0: Hello there. Rancho Obi-Wan, the Guinness World Records certified largest Star Wars memorabilia collection located in Petaluma, California, featuring the collection of super collector, author, and Star Wars fan ambassador, Steve Sansweet. The most powerful Jedi ever. Visit RanchoObi-Wan.org and subscribe to the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum, <laughs> a fun, authentic fan experience featuring rare photos, videos, Steve Sansweet Q&As, virtual tours of the museum, exclusive behind-the-scenes stories and information and so much more. Plus, your subscription helps ensure the future of the museum. It's the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. Subscribe now at RanchoObiWan.org. Get tons of cool perks, information and history of Star Wars collecting from the man who knows it best, Steve Sansweet. While contributing to the preservation of the world's largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. RanchoObiWan.org.
2: Hey, this is Jedi Master Rob LeBerry, host of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, and you're listening to, wait, hold on, hold on one second. What the force? Hey, hey, aren't you Dr. Sonny Ravencourt of the University of Coruscant? Nope. No, you absolutely are. I recognize you. No, you were in the archives not too long ago. I believe you were on a tour, a guided tour. Uh, Look, here's the deal. This temple is not open to outsiders without escort. So you're gonna just have to move right along or I'm gonna have to get Jedi temple security. Oh, come on. I can't get this kind of information at the University of Coruscant. Look at this transcription. This Jedi was murdered. All right, uh, that, that's it. We're not gonna have this conversation. Padawan, please go get the temple guards. Oh, I really don't think you need to call Jedi secure. Okay, here they come. I gotta go. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Goodbye, Dr. Ravencourt. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, where was I? Oh, right. And you're listening to Conversations podcast with Pat and Charles.
0: Conversations. It's a translation to a Star Wars nation. Celebration
3: Hello and welcome to Conversations, I'm Charles
4: And I'm Nick Khan Intergalactic, planetary, planetary, intergalactic (laughs) Beastie Beastie Boys getting live on the spot Putting all kinds of shame in the game you've got
3: It's a concept I've never even
4: considered An immune singing a Beastie Boys song (laughs) Immune to what?
3: (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes. Um, (laughs) The intergalactic banking clan. Um, (laughs) And I'm Pat.
4: (laughs) Episode 51, Star Wars. From the ships to the weapons, the droid army to the troops. Conflicts and battles cost credits, and those don't come cheap. Especially when funded by the munes of the intergalactic banking clan. Nice.
3: And their exorbitant interest rates.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, you gotta spend money to make money, right?
3: This is true. <laughs> Unless you're playing the Republic and the CIS at the same time.
4: Right. Hey, that's not a bad idea.
3: <laughs> that's why they're interesting.
4: <laughs> All right.
3: <laughs> I do have to state that I'm doing this episode under protest. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked. So, when was the last time I pronounced Coruscant Coruscant? Remember how I used to say it was Coruscant? Because yeah, of back in
4: the dark times before the Empire. Right,
3: yes. um, right. It was a while. Yeah, yeah. So, I have now had to re-educate my brain to be able to say the planet Scipio, as opposed to Scipio. We're still doing the episode. I know. I'm just, had to say that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Full disclosure I didn't do any research. Okay. And um, furthermore, I refused to do any research because I felt like this was lame and undeserving of an episode. Your job <laughs> to change my mind.
3: Right. Well, so undeserving that we actually did a bit yesterday. Um, <laughs> About said banking Oh, right, because
4: this is after that. Okay. <laughs> right, 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 right. right, right.
3: Um, yeah, so uh, I don't think I believe that statement, but uh, we
4: can roll with it. That's fine. Okay, so um, I imagine we've probably tricked all three of our listeners um, into thinking that was an actual episode. Yes. Which uh, I love it so much, <laughs> uh, but I want to know how it was received.
3: Any comments you'd like to make? whoever's listening right now, to let us know how funny or how stupid that little bit was, and to release it as a full episode, as opposed to commercial or as an interjection. We'd love to know it. Yeah, so obviously we heard about the Banging Clan in the prequels, right? And especially with the introduction of the High Republic, Lucasfilm has released that new, not timeline, but like a new description of how all these ages are represented. And right now we're talking about the fall of the Jedi uh, era. Like you said in the intro, is that to do business you need money. And that's essentially what they what they you know represented and what they what their purpose was. Right, that's but, what I said. And but of course they were weren't exactly above board with that.
4: Right. I mean it's it's kind of the the fuel behind Stark Industries in the first Iron Man film, where, you know, you're successful in your defense contracts and your weapon making because there's conflict. Right. Yeah. So if there's no conflict, then you need to stop manufacturing weapons of war because there's no war. Um, and that's that's, uh, you know, Obadiah Stain was coming from with with selling to both sides. is You know, you're going to make a profit regardless. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's um, which is very believable, which happens in the real world, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So to believe to to sell that um the banking plan is kind of working both sides of the deal it makes complete sense and it's very believable.
3: So of course like we talked about again they're based on the planet Scipio and yes. you know I didn't really realize that they were actually out in the outer rim which of course makes the uh, alliance with Dooku and the CIS more um you know believable and more logical but it still represents an interesting fact when you think about the core and Coruscant dealing, having dealings with the banking clan so far out and so far beyond their purview that's like they they could do their own thing over there. And yeah, we'll just shuttle the money into you whenever you need it and charge you the interest rates. It's um, it's not that there's no oversight, but it's you know it there's an, a layer of seclusion. I'm sure that. Being so far out and so remote and being very particular in the way they work with any uh, any governments or any sort of bodies kept them at arm's length from getting too close to the way they work.
1: Oh,
4: yeah, you have to because, you know, you get people that are close to, you know, the way you operate. They're going to figure out what you're doing.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: And, you know, I don't care what side you're on. If you find out somebody's playing both sides. You're gonna be tested. so the, the banking clan themselves they're ruled by the core five and or the
3: council as they're also known as there but these five munes from the, uh, the home planet munalist they were the ones who determined uh the policies and the way and the people and how they're going to distribute the money so you came and presented your case for um what you needed the money for and they just decided on the spot whether or not you're going to get it and then
4: yeah it was star wars shark tank <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's not far
3: away from what it
4: was. No, Hey, look, I'll give you an advance of uh, 50,000 credits for a 3% stake in your investments. I don't know what to tell you. I will give you a 3%. Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) They would present your case and they would would convene and uh, determine whether or not you were um, a viable person to lend. Right.
3: Sure. By the time that the attack of the clones work you know, came around, which is the first time we see the, the banking clan, the, the Republic was in dire straits at that point. They needed cash. So they had yeah. no choice but to have to deal with the the banking clan to fund their um, their war against
4: the CIS Federation, yeah, Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, again, when they've got you over a barrel, you're trying to protect the galaxy. And you know, expending your resources, you gotta go somewhere. Yeah, and right like, into the arms <laughs> of the banking clan
3: in the Attack of the Clones. And so they're in that big yeah. meeting on Geonosis, and all the Council of uh, the CIS and Duke was going around and trying to get all these all the support. And Sam Hill, who's of course the chairman of IGBC, he pledges the support of the banking clan for the separatist movement. And from there on, there. In bed together. That's it. They're committing to supporting the separatist movements.
4: And, you know, the way that they do business and have dealings is very similar to the way that Palpatine does business. Of dealings and of trickery and and playing both sides uh, resonate with them because they're sneaky and underhanded.
3: They're fully believing that they're controlling the game and they're the ones with the power. And of course... We all know that's just not the case
4: (laughs) at all. No, no, it's
3: not. (laughs) So we move on from the Attack of the Clones. So that's the first time we see them. And then several more appearances in the Clone Wars in various episodes with -hmm. with Padme and everything. But we get introduced to a very important character in uh, the episode, The Senate Spy. And yeah, yeah, and Rush Clovis and his connection to the banking clan and to Padme, much to uh, Anakin's chagrin, of course. Um, He really cements that link between the Senate and the banking clan.
4: Dirty politics of it all. And where was uh, Rush Clovis from?
3: So Rush is from Scipio. uh, Okay, good, good. Scipio, Scipio, as opposed to Scipio. But he's a human, but his his back's human. Yeah, he's human. So he's not, uh, he's not immune or he's not. um...
4: He's not immune to what? (laughs) It'd go over your head. Oh. But yeah,
3: his backstory is like uh, he was adopted by a immune family, and so that's yeah. why he's uh, sort of a very trusted member of the council, despite
4: not being immune. Right, immune to what yes. though? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, and he um, he, you know, it's it's weird because when you first see him and Padme and all, and you're like, oh, well, this is an interesting dynamic. Yeah, and um, and then of course, you know, cool, level headed, and. Always, you know, thinking logically, Anakin um, loses his mind over it because who didn't see that coming?
3: He's always very, uh, calculated, yes,
4: in, yes. in his uh, thinking, yeah, right. So, <laughs>
3: in this first introduction, um, Rush brings Padme to Caden Amoidia to go, yes, and-
4: but but that that business, um, doesn't count.
3: No, it doesn't. It's 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 secretly, you know, don't don't worry about that. We won't talk about that part. All right, 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 right. But he brings Padme with him on this sort of diplomatic mission to Cato-Nemoidia. <laughs> and obviously, Padme has a huge history with the Nemoidians. And, you know, the Nemoidians blockaded Naboo. So Naboo. Naboo. Yeah. So the idea that he would bring her back to... The home planet, first of all, is like, really, dude? I mean, uh, you're really quite trusting of your relationship with with Padme. But uh, we also find out that he's secretly funneling funds to the CIS through the Intergalactic Banking clan. So it's obviously he's there for underhanded reasons. And it's a key plot point, of course.
4: And he's using her, you know, history with him to kind of retain her trust. Um, instead of being open and honest, which Right. would have right. worked out <laughs> very much against it. <laughs> yeah, and then in the Heroes on Both Sides episode, uh Senator Nick's card. <laughs> <laughs> Good old um, Nick's <laughs> um he essentially uh creates a, a plot to spur support for his bill to deregulate the banks. Right. And um the deregulation would open up more options for the Republic to get lines of credit. More lines of credit. Yeah, this is this is uh, some Hondo thinking here. Uh, more lines of credit. The IGBC will profit with exorbitant interest rates. More credit for the Clone Wars and more money. For me.
3: That was a huge uh, motion that was you know debated over a couple of episodes where mm-hmm. the, that deregulation was part of the. Uh, Intergalactic banking clan's plans and hopes to have passed through, and there's actually promises made by it, but Padme thwarted that. But yes. all of these different pieces are on the chessboard that's been controlled by one person—that's Palpatine. These minor players have these visions of grandeur uh, of how important they are in this entire uh, chess match, but really, at the end of the day, they don't.
4: It's warranted though, because he makes them feel as if they do
3: they do, and that's that's exactly it is that they give him the he he allows them the freedom of thought that they're actually in control of their own destiny and when they're not yes. so they're so yes. they're completely working for their own interests, which ultimately leads to their downfall, yeah in revival the c i s is mentioned uh right at the end of the episode, but you know I think it's worth mentioning because uh hondo. <laughs> you gotta mention when hondo shows up so (laughs) and in that episode we see maul and savage Savage, yeah and the unfortunate passing of Adi gallia so it's sort of a sad part but still it's hondo so you gotta mention it
4: (laughs) right yeah of course um i mean if we didn't we we'd have to just cancel the show um (laughs) yeah then we uh and then there's a couple more episodes there's the um an old friend episode
1: Mm, right
4: and um, you know the uh, the banking clan comes under a little bit of pressure with uh, dwindling resources. The Clone War, believe it or not, cost a lot of money, mm-hmm. and um, they were running out of credits. So good old Rush Clovis comes to the rescue and uh, helps helps uh, Padme get the files show that the banking clan is um, being uh, shortchanged by. Um, Separatists and the Sith that are actually kind of running everything.
3: Yeah, and that's the funny thing of it. Again, we come back to Palpatine, who of course is playing both sides. But this is the brilliance of it because you have Palpatine controlling both sides of the war, straining both CIS who are not making payments to the inter- you know the banking clan. You've got the Republic who's trying to get money from the banking clan, and as we you know we talked about, the exorbitant interest rates were being charged so mm-hmm. that. But they couldn't give the Republic the money because they didn't have it. it. So they were Mm -hmm. taking the left hand to give to the right hand. And at this point, the intergalactic banking clan is now collapsing. And it's playing right into Palpatine's master plan.
4: And again, you know, they're thinking they're going to come out on top. And their whole organization is crumbling beneath them. You know, they thought they were going to win in this whole thing. And guess who's winning? Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so it really has um, has played masterfully into the old, decrepit, you know, lightning-charged hands of uh, Palpatine. Right.
3: And then then we head into the rise of Clovis, who...
4: Ah, yes. You As know, opposed to the rise of Skywalker.
3: Right, right. Or
4: the rise of Resistance.
3: Right. There's plenty of these. <laughs> There's plenty of rises. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Clovis uh, ends up being the... I wouldn't say, well, I guess it's a puppet in charge of the new banking clan or the new era after really being exposed as not just uh, corrupt, but also supporting the opposite side of the war leads to even more chaos that then um, comes to a head in crisis uh, in the heart of the last episode in the uh, Clone Wars.
4: Yeah, because um, then um, Clovis ends up getting the evidence uh, against the, um, the Mune leadership. From Dooku and Palpatine. <laughs> huh. Imagine. This is going to end uh, well, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I foresee this this working out wonderfully for all parties involved. Um, and so then that, you know, kind of it, it just gets rid of the, the Mune leadership, kind of defers all of the leadership of the banking clan to Rush Clovis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, well... <laughs> dooku gets involved again believe it or not <laughs> right stop the press I at the behest of palpatine stop the press
0: <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> and he present he essentially blackmails him at that point it's like well who do you think put you in power i mm-hmm. did i gave you the information so you're going to do what i tell you to do
4: gee so, this palpatine guy's kind of a jerk
3: yeah i mean i think he may stick around for a little bit um uh, i hope not so the republic of course once they find this out uh, sends a garrison uh, to Scipio and of course there with them is Padme and of course then by extension you've got uh, Anakin and and he's always in the background right where his love for Padme clouds his judgment as we all know with the Jedi but of course he's also being manipulated by Palpatine I mean and the levels of manipulation that Palpatine goes through that's why I found that the you know the this these episodes really highlight that, and that's why we wanted to cover this like the the banking clan because you would think, "Oh, banking clan, how boring is this?" Well, it really does showcase the power of Palpatine and how deep his fingers go into all these different layers of the republic,
4: yeah, and not only that, but um you know, in order for his other plans to work um you you need this plan to work yeah you know because you can't you know wars are expensive and if you're going to manipulate the galaxy into widespread war uh where you're stretching the the jedi leadership too thin to even you know commune with each other let alone be in tune with the force and meditating and and really being able to open themselves up to what's really going on, uh, which was his ultimate plan was to right. to, you know, keep them too busy and too distracted to see what's going on and to stop it. So I mean to construct this war is, is a brilliant idea, but as a senator, there's no way he could have found a way to finance that. I mean so- he's not a Santeca, so he's 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 not just rolling in cash. But Um, he used the banking clan as as uh, as as is logical. That's what he would do um, to advance these other plans he had. So with without them, I don't think any of this would have happened. No, as far as Palpatine's plan, and you know, if that's the case, then then you know all of the events of the (laughs) at least the the main um, saga. Uh, would not have happened
3: totally and once Clovis was exposed as a traitor yet again after being installed by Palpatine and yet again. Under control yet again it comes to the Senate and of course Nick's card our old buddy you know supports the bill that allows or the, the motion that allows Palpatine to take control of the banking clan and in that scene and it's funny, when I watched that that episode over again, it was very similar to the episode, uh, you know, Revenge of the Sith, where uh-huh. uh, Padme um, says that line. And the way she looks in the Senate when Palpatine takes control of the banking system, and I will guarantee that the banks will not collapse. It was very, very similar. And again, it was just a, a, a progressional step into that. And it was just so rich with worry and you could see it on her face. And it was fantastic, you know, and again, just marching towards that eventual goal of taking control of everything.
4: Yeah. And, you know, again, here he comes as the, as the savior, uh, whether it's um, with reservations or, you know, or not, he's he's coming in to to save everyone and to be the white knight and to, really just um you know like like oh you need a you need a uh, chancellor here I am. Oh you need a you know you need a leader of this this empire for now. I guess I'll do it, you know like like that sort of <laughs> like I'm here, it might as well be me. Yeah. Um so that sort of feigned uh reluctance. Yes. Um yes really was Kind of his thing. It so, was. you know, for him to be like, well, you know, these munes are no good and Clovis is bad news. I guess I'll have to, you know, uh, straighten things out here for everyone. It's like, OK, yeah, I guess so.
3: <laughs> but like you said, a, a critical part of the machine that he was building to get him to give, you know, galactic control. And without this and without the senators, without the munes, without the banking clan. That wouldn't have happened
4: right and then you know um in typical palpatine fashion he gets all the uh all the banking clan leadership to um there's this great idea <laughs> where you know they're all on like Utapau, and um he's like you need to go to mustafar with general grievous right so oh, they're like all right this sounds good yeah and then guess what, what? spoiler alert <laughs> is not good good. good, good.
3: before we get to that we're gonna take a quick break i'm gonna come back and talk about what goes on right after that
4: all right so we're taking a break
3: yes
0: (laughs) want that glamorous Amadala look on a lower level coruscant budget then let preta padme dress you to be the most impressive
5: from elaborate scented headpieces to lowly traveler robes, we offer you all of her fashions at outer rim prices. Where are you
0: heading to? A romantic picnic on Naboo? A night out with the handmaids? Or a sunset speeder ride on Tatooine? Whatever the occasion, we have the styles to bring out
5: your inner beauty and the light side of the force in your man. Don't keep your marriage of beauty and style a secret.
0: Stop by Pret Padme today. Mm-hmm.
3: Alright, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you very much. And we are back. So, as you were saying, <laughs> uh, Palpatine gives the order to uh, Grievous. Palpatine.
4: The yeah. Palpatine does give the order. He does. Um, so, they think, let's go to this lava planet, because of course. This is so, safe. <laughs> there's nothing ominous about this at all. Let's all go there. Let's go to this castle that looks dark and dangerous and like a brilliant idea. So <laughs> they're all there and then uh guess what? <laughs> Palpatine, the Palpatine, the Palpatine sends um sends the newly anointed Darth Vader um to mustafar Mhm. Mm-hmm. And um basically he's like you need to go there and wipe these dudes out. Right. Everybody that he set in place through the whole prequel trilogy to do something they've all served their purpose and now he's done with them. Now Vader comes in to uh perfect what he practiced with young ones. <laughs> Yellow eyes and all. I didn't do it. I didn't write the script. I'm not the one that said he should kill kids.
3: This is true. This is true. It
4: wasn't me. I don't know why you're looking at me like I'm the bad guy
3: nothing about delivery at all <laughs> and let it be shown in the record that Sandhill I think is like the second one that's killed very quickly and sort of unceremoniously Uh, but yeah so that's basically the end of it so and at that point
4: so, there's no one left to run the banking clan yeah. I guess I'll do it yeah.
3: <laughs> that was a little bit of uh, March on row there a little bit there
4: <laughs> no that was not him at all <laughs> if it were him it would be more forceful (laughs) a little bit more john malkovich courtesy of mark thompson
3: let it be shown in the record that mark thompson is a genius
4: (laughs) and that he's far more skilled than either of us
3: (laughs) put together
4: (laughs) the entire
3: council of the cis is killed and really one of the final blows that palpatine delivers
4: what a weird coincidence. Yes.
3: Who would have seen this coming? And obviously installs Palpatine as the Emperor. And, yes, you know, the banking clan remained under control of the Emperor throughout the reign of the Empire and was sort of in the background, but again, as a puppet conglomerate, as it were, for the entire run of the original trilogy, essentially. And by the mm-hmm. time the, uh, the sequel trilogy rolls around, uh, there really wasn't any mention of them. Uh, so I guess it just sort of splintered and that was it, you know, and... Uh, We see that with, obviously, the Republic, and as they're rebuilding, they're just sort of repurposing old ships and getting support from almost like private individuals to support their Mm -hmm. cause.
4: Yeah, like Lor Santeca. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Presumably comes from a very well-off family. Right, right. And
3: it's funny you bring up Lor Santeca because,
4: you know... Because I love Max von Sydow, that's why. Right.
3: And the High Republic... Stuff right that too yeah and or uh, spo- some
4: people some people might call it man just the republic <laughs>
3: so yeah spoiler um if you haven't read the light of the jedi i haven't read it no you you listen to it right <laughs> <laughs> i got you on that one <sighs> <laughs> so the light of the jedi does bring up um the santecas of course who we first met in the name, at least, in um, Force Awakens and yes. Laura Santeca, and you know he's an older gentleman, like you said, Max von Sydow is the actor, and we now find out that 200 years prior to the prequels, the Santecas are movers and shakes and mm-hmm. not necessarily old money, but if they've if they've lived through 300 years of this the story of Star Wars, you got to think that they've managed to do well probably have that kind of money and yes you know there's no direct links to any of the support directly to the republic or the rebellion or the resistance but um you got to think that they're working in their back in the background somewhere
4: oh yeah absolutely and to um to have you know in in the light of the jedi not to spoil things but they um they come in you know sort of in the clutch with um some pretty hefty finances and resources to um help our protagonists um achieve their goals Hmm. was that um you know um spoiler free enough yeah that's good yeah okay um yeah so they're 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 obviously very well to do back in the time of the high republic which you know i would imagine carries over into the sequel trilogy, um, you know, as we see in the Mandalorian, the Imperial credits are not really something that people, yeah, that's are true. looking for. Very good point. Yeah. Um. So you look for alternate, um, alternate sources of value, mm-hmm. and I think by the time the sequel trilogy comes around, information is one of those Ooh, valuable resources. Nicely done. So I think that's um sort of where Lure Santeca has that information because that is um that's a form of currency. Yeah. Yeah. You and know, valuable you can, currency. You can at that. Swap information and um and get whatever it is you what you want, mm. um, or you can contribute that information towards a cause that you deem worthy.
3: Right. You know, that's fantastic points because, you know, Santecas now have existed from before the known sequel trilogy uh, prequel trilogy all the way now through to um, the uh, sequel trilogy so that's a long-standing family and potentially you know funds and and as a driver of an economy now we don't usually talk about uh, legends because it's legends it's not canon and but this one is so close to canon and not just because of the story but Literally, the timeline of when Disney bought um, Star Wars, Uh, the Plagueis novel came out, Mm -hmm. I think it was 2012, Mm -hmm. I think, just before the purchase, or at least the formalization of the purchase. Mm -hmm. And in that novel, again, spoiler alert, if you haven't read the novel, you may want to skip this part, but we see the rise of Palpatine and and his youth and how he came about. But his mentor was Higo Damasque. Otherwise known as Plagueis, so we heard the name Plagueis mm-hmm. uh, in the in uh, the Revenge of the Sith, and Hego Damask was immune, and he had strong connections to the banking clan, and and it would be interesting to see if along this High Republic timeline, I wonder if they'll canonize his his creation or at least the name Hego Damask. We've got two hundred years to to play with, right and so obviously, you would think uh, we don't. I don't know what the lifespan of a of a mune is, of course. So, but we do know what a human is. So, we're looking mm-hmm. at like 130 years, maybe. So, it'd be very interesting to see if he comes into play as a uh, character as we move closer. So, further away from the beginning of the the Light of the Jedi as we are right now, getting closer to the prequel trilogy, and right. I mean the the Plagueis novel itself is not only a fantastic read, even if it is legends, it's still like it's 90% there in canon. It's such a great novel and the the places they visit and the names they invoke is just fantastic. So if you haven't read or listened to that novel, it's totally worth it.
4: Yeah. And as, you know, as far as canonization and all that is just because everything became a muddled up mess. Yeah. Um, with like stories contradicting each other and this and that, things going eight different ways and everything else. So, um, you know, it's just it's just a way of Disney being like, look, this is this is you know, you, when you nerds and dorks have these debates, <laughs> this is the this is the you know the gold standard for this stuff, and stop getting your, you know, um, Darth Vader panties and a of that. Um, um, in a bunch about it. Get your robes in a bunch. Yeah, so um, that doesn't discount. like, For example, like Shadows of the Empire. Right. I love that book. Yeah, you and, told me about that um, many times. Yeah. Yeah, so um, and then like the the original Thrawn trilogy and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, they're great stories um, that don't contradict current canon and could at some point at least parts of them – become canon like the Thrawn novel now Thrawn's canon Correct. so yeah. you know you've got him in uh the current canon timeline and and stories um about him as well so you know not to count them out as something that will never be canonized but even if they're never addressed again um they're great stories right
3: right and that's so that's the foundation of what every person would want in star wars is a good story you know like from start to finish and you know say what you will about the sequel trilogy did it suffer from a lack of story continuity perhaps um are they individually good movies i think so i think you agree as well but we look at the mandalorian as how a well thought out uh, connected story can be and what we would think or not we because we never think about uh, any episode of a of a multi-million dollar tv show being Mm. filler no matter what they show in season one carried forward to season two and like those that continuity allows for a story to develop and that's all we're actually you know looking for it's just a really good story and Plagueis, dark shadows all these different parts of well legends are fantastic stories that with one mention can be brought into canon and how exciting would that be
4: Oh yeah and you know Plagueis himself obviously is canon. Right. So um you know and that's that's it. That's, that's it. Yeah. It that's all it's just a name, yeah. So you know any of that um rich material could be drawn upon um at some at some point. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that that would be a um an interesting with this high republic you know timeline that they're building um that would be a very interesting tie into to that to kind of bridge that gap as well mm-hmm. you know you have the 30 year gap between the original trilogy and the sequels that everybody's like oh, i wonder what happened in 30 years yeah now yep. you've got 200 years yeah like, well wonder what happened there you know and you've <laughs> lots of room to you, move yeah and you could draw upon all sorts of things like that which is very exciting and very interesting
3: yep well there we go there's the banking clan
4: there it is.
3: Yeah, it's a very, it's a very sort of niche part of the story, but plays into Palpatine's wheelhouse of control. It speaks to the the you know the prequel trilogy, and but also an integral part, like you said, about if it wasn't for these cogs in the machine, we wouldn't necessarily have the the um, original trilogy and therefore the sequel trilogy. So it's really cool part of it.
4: Yeah, um, I my expectations were very low. And um, here we are, exceeding them.
3: It's fantastic. And talking (laughs) about exceeding expectations, um, just before we uh, end the episode, I have a little something to play for you here. So let's give this Uh a listen.
4: Oh, no. Last time we did this. (laughs)
5: Hello everybody, this is Sean Crimmins. I'm here with my sister Amanda. Hello. And we are here to have a quick little conversation about Star Wars for Charles and Pat uh, on the Conversations podcast. We're very excited. Um, we met them, what, two years ago now? a year ago. Uh, two years ago. 2019, 2019 in yeah. Chicago Damn. at uh, Chicago Celebration, which was awesome. Wish we could go back. And um, I think we... I think as it says we were standing in line for the Star Wars Celebration store and i think we were the first interviewed guests on conversations it was i think it was a little more informal at the time but we are honored to be back i believe it's the 50th episode so congratulations to you guys um we obviously try to stay up to date with you guys on facebook and everything so um you know we love the podcast and we're honored to be guests again.
1: Absolutely.
5: So we know you guys sent over uh, four questions for us to answer. So we can go through those and give you our Star Wars take uh, on some of these. So we'll start with the first one, Amanda. If you want to kick it off, uh, the first question is, what is your fandom origin story?
1: Well, uh, my fandom origin story is uh, my brother here, Sean, <laughs> showed it to me when I was a kid, and. We uh, used to watch it all the time, so I've always grown up knowing Star Wars, which is pretty cool because I've just never not known it, and I love that.
5: We always played Star Wars growing up, that's for we sure. Did. I am 29, turning 30. Amanda, you are 25. Yep. And so we had a five-year age difference, but we always played Star Wars growing up. Yes. That was a blast. We had lightsabers. We'd beat the crap out of each other with them. <laughs>
1: you would beat the crap out of me.
5: Yeah, we would always <laughs> dress up. Every day we had new costumes on. And, yep. Yeah, huge fans. I don't know, I can't really think back on like my, my origin story of how I became a Star Wars fan. I think I've just always been a Star Wars fan. Even since when I was a kid, I always remember having a lightsaber, like Luke's green lightsaber from Return of the Jedi, and Star Wars action figures, and I just always watched the movies. Even when I was homesick, I especially would watch the movies like all the time. And then, as we got older, I think when the prequels came out, I remember when Phantom Menace came out in 1999 uh i saw that at somebody's birthday it was a birthday party we all went to see it and then i remember for attack of the clones and revenge of the sith our mom took us out of school early and we would go see the day that they came out we'd go see like a three o'clock or four o'clock showing every time they came out so our mom was always a fan too and she used to bring us get us out of school early on those days
1: (laughs) nothing better than
5: that yeah those are good memories and then yeah, and then uh, obviously as the movies came out over the years, we had when we went to we, our first celebration was twenty fifteen, in Anaheim, and that was when we you know learned about the Force Awakens and we saw those sequels. We raided in the the rain outside in Boston to go see yes, the Force did. Awakens, yes, a pouring <laughs> day. But yeah, I guess I've always been a fan of Star Wars. I absolutely love it. I'm planning on getting a Star Wars tattoo right now. Amanda has one. Maybe that goes into (laughs) your next answer here. So the second question is, how does Star Wars impact your everyday life? Amanda, why don't you Mm. go ahead?
1: I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I do have a Star Wars tattoo. So that definitely is something I visually see every day of my life. Uh, It's a Rebel insignia, and it's got Leia, that classic silhouette of Leia and R2 in it. Yep. Uh, and to me, that just kind of represented like strength and being a re- like a rebel in your everyday life and just being a badass. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I try to carry that through my everyday life. Some of those themes of Star Wars kind of like just, I don't know, being strong, doing what's right. Hope. Hope. A <laughs> lot of hope. We need a lot of hope. Where did you
5: get that <laughs> tattoo?
1: I got that tattoo at Celebration Chicago in 2019. Yeah. It was a decision I made the day before I got it.
5: <laughs> yeah, it's a sweet tattoo. It's kind of like purple, watercolory.
1: Yeah. I,
5: I want to get my own. But yeah, I, I don't know. When I think about how Star Wars impacts my everyday life, like I'm always reading about Star Wars. I'm always watching the movies or The Mandalorian, like the new TV series that are coming out and the Clone Wars, the Rebel series. I'm always watching some form of Star Wars <laughs> at any given time. Um, But I don't know, I guess I think about, like, the values of the Jedi are very much in line, I think, with how I try to live my life, which sounds silly. But I really love the concept of Zen and mindfulness and awareness and, you know, the whole concept of be mindful of your feelings, right? when Qui-Gon said that to Obi-Wan in episode (laughs) one. And a lot of those things, I think, if you break it down to some of the values of how you can think about your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions, I think the Jedi were... I don't know, it was a good way to live your life, right? In some aspects, but... I think that's some of those values I try to think about every day. Try to live life like a Jedi. Balance. (laughs) Yep, yep. Balance, right. Alright, our next question here. This will be fun. If you could have lunch with anyone from Star Wars, who would it be? And what would you talk about? And this is anyone, including creators, artists, actors, or characters.
1: Mm. Uh, I mean, it's very cliche, but for me, it would definitely... I mean... I would have to have lunch with Princess Leia because, of nice. course, she's the original female badass. Uh, Which would,
5: version of Princess Leia? At what a, time that's period? A good point.
1: Hmm. I mean, I like a New Hope Leia, but I also really like uh, like the Return of the Jedi mm. Leia, where yep. she's just kind of fully self aware and she's just yeah. She a she's she's sort purpose. of starting
5: her military career. Yeah, maybe yeah. a little more advanced in her military career. Yep,
1: working more towards that general Leia we see yep. in the sequels. Uh, yes, yeah, so I would definitely have lunch with her. I would want to ask her about being just like s- strong in the wake of a lot of pain because I think mm. that it's definitely not talked about enough that her entire planet was blown up with her family on it. That's you know, very true. I feel like that's kind very of traumatic.
5: R.I.P. Alderaan.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so I would definitely want to know that. I would also want to stand with Carrie Fisher, because they're very different mm. people. Uh, and Carrie Fisher is kind of equally amazing in a different way. So. Yep. Those are my people.
5: I love that. That's yeah. good. I would say, so I'd have to go with the classic, like... I would definitely want to get lunch with Han Solo. Like, I love Han Solo. Yeah. And hopefully we'd have lunch on the Millennium Falcon.
1: Yes. That'd be sweet. Or at the Cantina.
5: Yeah. I'd probably want to go for, like, a New Hope Han Solo. You know, he's still a little bit of a smuggler. He's still figuring out, like, you know, he's a good guy, right? But he's like, you know, shoots first, <laughs> asks questions later. He's a smuggler. You know, he there's some gray area there. So I definitely want to get lunch with him and have some blue milk over at the Cantina with Han. And hopefully go to the Millennium Falcon a little bit. Uh, maybe play him in a game of sabacc, try to see if I can get the Millennium Falcon. And uh, the other one, I think I would really want to have lunch with Dave Filoni. Like, he is so close to George's vision of what Star Wars is, so I'd want to talk to him, I guess, about how he sees the universe changing, what he thinks is next sort of thing on the horizon for Star Wars, and, you know, obviously he's very closely tied right now to The Mandalorian and John Favreau, and I love what they've done with that show, and I think it's just such a true representation of Star Wars, but I don't know. I'd be very curious to talk to him about his thoughts Mm. on the future and like just ask him questions like we're doing here. Like, how did he get into it? What's his favorite character and Mm. learn a little bit more about him?
1: I would crash that lunch. I would welcome.
5: He's awesome. Hopefully, he wears the cowboy hat. Uh, Last question here is how important is the family theme in Star Wars?
1: Mm. I mean, for for us, I mean, it's pretty relevant. Yeah, we watch as a (laughs) family. Yep. Uh, our mom especially used to love it when the originals came out and yep. she kind of passed that on and we watch it collectively as a family so uh <laughs> i do love the i love that the the movies themselves have a family aspect to them yeah and
5: it's all about family yes and we enjoy it as a family we always have even yes. going to celebration right like the one thing that has brought us across the country Literally. to travel together as brother and sister Yep. Is uh, I don't know if we even mentioned that we're brother and sister. Maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> yes. did, but yeah, is is like is Star Wars. So it's pretty cool, you know, that yeah. this universe kind of brought us to yeah. different places and brought us together as a family. It's something that we always do and think about, and we love it. We absolutely love Star Wars, and I guess it's it's a pretty important concept I think or theme throughout that we enjoy.
1: Yeah, because the movies want you know they hone in that family. The Skywalker Dynamic. family. Yeah, so you want to be a family watching it. And it just yeah,
5: is... whether or not you you know you think Ray is a Skywalker, that's for probably a different <laughs> podcast episode. It just pushes the boundaries of family too. Like, what is a family, right? Like people right. that are there for you and etc. But I, I like this. I like the family theme of Star yeah. Wars. And Even you know Han and Chewie, they're a family. And they're right?
1: also dysfunctional, and I enjoy that.
5: Very true. <laughs> it is a dysfunctional family.
1: <laughs> representation. <laughs>
5: Well, um, thank you, uh, Charles and Pat, for having us on again. We absolutely love you guys. We love the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having us be guests again.
1: Full circle.
5: Yep. It has definitely come full circle. I can't believe it was two years ago we are in Chicago, and hopefully we see you guys again. Uh, I know the next celebration is 2022 in Anaheim again. Hopefully they release some new tickets or something, but (laughs) we would love to go to that.
1: Absolutely.
5: (laughs) Sneak in. Or maybe we'll see you guys at Batu. We'll run into you down there (laughs) in Florida. We've never been, so we're trying to go. We'd absolutely love to. Well, thank you guys. Best thank of so luck much. with the rest of the podcast conversations, absolutely. and uh, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. S- oh, Surprise! <laughs> Surprise <laughs> indeed. You keep doing that. <laughs>
3: I try. I try not to, but it, yeah, it was. It was uh, something that I tried to plan for our fiftieth and scheduling and all that kind of stuff. Just didn't work out, but uh, yeah. Sean and Mandy are, of course, extremely important in our, you know, in our show. And to hear their voices again was just absolutely fantastic.
4: Yeah. Yeah. We, we did um, quite a bit more talking with them when we first met them. Yes. Several hours. (laughs) Several. What, six, seven? (laughs) Yeah. Something like that. Yes. Um, Yeah. And that's, they're, they're they're awesome. And they've always, like he said, they've always um, supported us and, yeah. And kind of been uh, champions in our corner, so.
3: And they broke the rules. <laughs> they had two each. Which Sorry, is what rules? To... Yeah, right with the no rules, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> shh,
1: shh, shh. There and are
3: rules. There are. They're very strict and stringent. <laughs> you must follow them and enjoy them. You're <laughs> <Do> the tea.
4: <laughs> Sounds like a friend of ours. <laughs> And
3: that question that Sean asked Mandy about, um, you know, Leia— which version of Leia is—that's a really fantastic question because you can choose a character.
4: Yeah. Um, that, especially obviously, the legacy character. Yeah,
3: yeah, because the the amount of change that those characters have gone through from the from the original trilogy or prequel all the way through to the, the sequel, there's a lot of character change in there. That's a fantastic fantastic take on that and uh so uh we are co-opting that question sean and it's no longer yours thank you very much
4: all right well since since it happened on our podcast it does belong to us true true right all right that sounds yeah good. we're good <laughs> we'll just run it by a knock and melt to make sure it's on the up and up. yeah
3: they'll sign it no problem
4: <laughs> <laughs> if the price is right
3: <laughs> we'll sign anything <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> oh man so thank you very much to sean and amanda or mandy as we know her um great people and really represent the origins of our show and it's it was so wonderful hearing your voices again and thank you so much for for submitting those uh ot questions to us
4: i guess um we're online are we still online yeah we are. we're still online. yeah yeah okay. we're online we're on the twitters and the facebook's and I just, I, you know, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we're on
3: Spreadshirt, but we're also on TeePublic, where we now have our very own logo
4: t shirts. Convers- our logo t shirts. Um,
3: right? I should probably share that somewhere on our socials and internet because I haven't told anybody yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well,
4: good news is we've sold two shirts.
3: We have sold two shirts one for to Pat,
4: ourselves. one for me. <laughs>
3: But yes, we're there and we're also on Spreadshirt. And um, if you go to Linktree uh, uh, fourth Class Conversations, you can see all of our different areas for uh, linking for Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, all that kind of stuff. So yes, we're all over the web. And uh, yeah, we really enjoyed the feedback and the, the reviews that we get. Uh, it's been, you know, as we talked about in our 50th episode, we're blessed to be where we are today to be able to share our star wars uh, fandom with everybody who's listening all two of you or three of you um and really appreciate it and if you have any ideas that you want to send to us any feedback let us know and we'd love to discuss that further
1: yeah
4: i mean if you want to convince james arnold taylor to come on our show that'd be fine right Um, right i'm sure we could work him into our schedule um yeah Yeah. uh, Yeah. 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 I mean, pretty pretty booked. We got, we got a couple things going, but that's fine. (laughs) Um, so yeah, if there's, if there's a weird topic that you want to hear us, you know, skewer or butcher or get (laughs) right on the first try, um, not likely, uh, you know, let us know, I guess. (laughs) 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 Oh man. But, uh, yeah. So otherwise, um, we'll, be back next time with some more good stuff um, and uh, check us out. Listen to our stuff and uh, and our very pertinent backlog. We mentioned like several episodes tonight. So Yes,
3: we did. That's very true. <laughs> There's that. There is
4: that. Um, yeah. So um, I guess since we're talking about the banking plan, we need to mm. close this out in the way that they would. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find out what that is if you send me 57 credits to, uh, no, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you don't have to pay for it. That's just um, a random number. Right. It's 57. It's, it's, it's better than 66. <laughs> am I right? Um, <laughs> but, um, so I guess, um, I didn't much believe in the force, but may the credits be with you.